In the apocalyptic, virus-ridden summer of 2020, two grown men with an interest in food and almost no regard for audio quality decided to start a podcast, and in doing so, proved that a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. And when people said, didn't you wonder why he'd been gone so long, as he'd been like put in the back of an ambulance or whatever, and she just said, oh, I thought he might have been having a big poo. Sure, the fat was in the cut. Broadcasting tonight slightly debilitated. Okay, why is that? I've seen to pull the muscle in my ass. You've really been in the wars the past few days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> do, do, do you do you want to tell the listeners what happens? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just got out of the supermarket and was starving, hungry, so I was eating some chili flavored biltong and um, <laughs> managed to somehow get a bit of chili biltong in my eye. <laughs> And I couldn't get it out. <laughs> I just <laughs> started coughing and sneezing. My eyes were streaming and my left eye was burning. <laughs> I was trying to use my the um, video on my on my phone to see if I could see where the <laughs> built on was, and then ended up sending the video to my friends for a laugh, who were <laughs> not particularly sympathetic. I had to go back into the supermarket with a plague mask on. And wash my eye out underneath the tap, um, <laughs> and the security guard in the, in the supermarket was looking at me like I was an absolute nutcase. I'd literally just come out, turn around, come back in again. So, crying. <laughs> yeah, crying like a yeah, like a baby. Don't ever put um, chili flavored biltong in your eye. Good, good tip. Top tip. And, and you've you've pulled a muscle in your butt. Yeah, pulled a muscle in my ass. Which is which is a bit painful. So if you hear me going and don't worry, I'm not um, masturbating under the table or you know otherwise being kinky. I probably just got a bit of a sore. I'm not sure if it's like sciatica, you know, like a bit of a bad back that goes down your leg. Oh, nasty! Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's been a bit difficult today, so I'm drinking IPA and I've got painkillers. I'm sure I'll be fine in the end, won't I? Well, I'm drinking. My my beer of the week, and I've I've ended up buying a lot of them is, Ansbach and Hob Day again, and it's their American Brown, and it's really really nice. It's like a cross between a, an American hoppy beer, and kind of an an English, sort of somewhere between a porter, and uh, and a bitter, and it's really nice. And I found as well with a lot of these American Brown ales is that they're much nicer at, at kind of not at fridge temperature, so at kind of room temperature or just below, cellar temperature, if you like. There we go. That's Top nice. tip. Hold it, hold it up so I can see how brown it is. Oh, it's dark, isn't it? Yeah, yeah You dark. see that? Yeah, nice and dark. And the can is this really nice. That's a beautiful can. The whole can is an American flag with this kind of hand-drawn effect. And then if you, can you see that? The, uh... Ah, yeah, the star, instead of the stars, they look like hops. Yeah. Um, 
How many hops are there? Should I count them? <laughs> it might not make good radio. <laughs> uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm sure it's accurate. <laughs> uh, but I'll put a link to uh, I'll put a link to that in the in the show blurb. Cool. In the blurby blurb. Illumination. Is there some admin to do? Yeah, there's been a lot of admin this week, actually. Oh, that's unusual. Yeah. So, been fighting people, not fighting with people, but um, I had a bit of blowback rather than feedback on Twitter, which was good fun from our American cousins. So, you'll be you'll be unsighted on all of this because you were probably spending your time, uh, I don't know, setting up a socially distanced lunch with Jaunty Rhodes or something, whilst I'm doing all the admin. <laughs> You know, Jaunty Rhodes. I know who Jaunty Rhodes is. Yeah. Jaunty Rhodes, the uh, the fielding ex- the fielder extraordinaire. No, no, the guy that does um, Mastermind with Greg Wallace. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you, you, you tricked me. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I know. He, he's, he's looking. I've been watching Mastermind uh, recently. Mastermind goes large. And... He's looking more and more like a kind of a middle-aged postwoman, you know, post office worker. Do you mean? Do you mean? Do you mean mastermind? You said mastermind. Meant to say master chef. This bit's all gone to fucking shit already, hasn't it? Oh, we can we can trim it so it sounds good. So you were having an argument with some Americans? Well, no, not arguments. Apparently, well. It, it relates to the email, actually. So apparently this week in the United States of America, there's been some sort of running joke on Twitter about poking fun at British people for eating baked beans on toast. Right. And because of our accents. I don't know if you've seen any of these tweets. I, I haven't seen, no, no. Nothing direct, no. No. So the tweets say things like, the words are in the tweet are spelt to represent Mary Poppins type accents. Okay. So they they say things like, "All white everybody, I am British and I really like beans on toast." And then they post that, and then everyone's like piling in to slag off beans on toast. People don't understand what beans on toast is. I think they think maybe they're like haricot beans in a sauce, but I don't know, just beans on toast. I'm not sure. <laughs> but anyway, there was this whole like set of tweets all this week, um, and obviously we had done. Put out some tweets, haven't we, about beans on yeah. toast? So we got a bit of um, blowback. Anyway, this translated into one email. We got we had a few emails actually, but I, t- I chose this one. Should I just read it out? Yeah, yeah, just read it out. Okay, um, dear ill rumination podcast, your lame as social media efforts mean that I listen to your podcast today. To be honest, it's weird, and I don't know why we, you don't have any real jokes if you're trying to be funny. But you realise that British eating baked beans on toast is a joke everywhere else in the world, don't you? Why don't you do a breakfast podcast about less British and more healthy food, like smashed avocados on toast with poached eggs, yogurts with healthy fruits, dash nuts, grains, or other things like healthy cereals? Britain has an obesity problem. I'm sorry, but there are many podcasts out there, and you two need to try harder if you want people to listen to more than one episode about beans. And that was from... A Molly Haslett. Well, I don't know if her name is Molly Haslett from Texas, or it's Molly from Haslett in Texas. It's not really clear the way she's written it. Okay. 
Yeah, so previously we've had the emails which are complimentary and asking questions, and we've had a few that have uh, maybe challenged us on a few issues, but I don't think we've ever had one which has been so quite aggressive. <laughs> so I thought I'd throw it into the mix as a bit of a change. Molly? Molly, was it? Yeah. I hope you're, you've tuned in to listen to our, our next episode. It might not mean much to you, being an American, because we're going to be talking about some very British things uh, and experiences. I smashed avocado on... Smashed avocado? Is that a thing? Yeah. Smash an avocado and on with a poached egg. Smash an avocado. So instant mashed potato, avocado... <laughs> An no, smash sm- a, a smashed avocado. Oh, like guacamole. So she's having guacamole on toast, and she thinks beans on toast is weird. I think she means just a squashed, like a a bit of avocado that's been mashed up with a fork. I really don't know how to respond to that. That sounds like the most bizarre. I mean, we did a, we just recorded an episode on broadcast our episode on soup. And there, there were some less weird things in our soup episode, including things like banana and coffee soup, which sound a lot more appetising than smashed avocado. What did the avocado ever do to this woman? Have, <laughs> have, have I missed out on something? Is this is this normal? I've I've seen I've seen it in a few places. Yeah, it's quite common at the moment on a on a sourdough toast. Yeah, that sounds exactly like the kind of thing they'd eat in Brighton. Oh yeah. It's definitely a health food thing, right? It's replace um, your bacon with avocado, or what? You know, make it healthy. Put have something green on the plate. One thing we're not on this podcast is is healthy. So I, I think you know we're not trying to sell a certain lifestyle. We're we're trying to talk about yeah. delicious things. So I mm, I'm not sure we want Molly as a listener. Harsh. I did I did like the. Um, the idea that a Texan might be alerting us to an obesity problem as well. The irony of that actually hadn't struck me until you said it out loud, yeah. But maybe it um, did um, prick my interest as well that her surname may be Haslett, which is a it's a, like a pork meatloaf, isn't it, Haslett? Oh, is it? Yeah, it's like a pork meatloaf. I'm not a big fan, I'm not a big fan of it. It's got like a long, long-lasting taste in your mouth that you don't want. Oh, is it a bit like a kind of... Spammy, savoury meatloaf, yeah, thin, and they sell it thinly sliced. You, you never would have had haslet. I've never had haslet, no. No, you would have had a terrine. Yeah, it's like a. I'm just looking at it now. It's like it's a pork meatloaf originally from Lincolnshire. Now oh, she'll love this, Molly. The word is derived from the old French hastiels. Another another foreign word that I fuck up on on air. Hastilles or hasadeurs, something rather, uh, meaning entrails. The French for entrails. Wow. Get them. Put some smashed avocado on that. Was like I said, I wasn't sure whether it was Molly Haslett or Molly from Haslett in Texas. So I googled Haslett, and Haslett is also a is a city. Okay. In Texas, and it's it's a city. Which is mostly in Tarrant County, but a bit of it is also in Denton County. And it's part of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. That's... Population 1500. A Metroplex is a concubation which has more than one principal city. 
princes. So it's got two large cities or important cities within the same area. So if you imagine the um, northern powerhouse actually became a reality rather than just a Tory wet dream. Yeah. It would go from the west of England to the east of England, wouldn't it, in the north, encompassing both Manchester and Leeds, and it might become a metroplex. Uh, or... That's, yeah, interesting. Or Paul and Bournemouth. Yeah, but Paul and Bournemouth. Paul being important there because it does have Tower Park with an ice skating rink. Yep. If it's still open, which I'm sure it's not. And Splashdown. Don't forget Splashdown. Yeah. <laughs> Metroplex is also a Transformer, Sam. I thought you didn't. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> I do like that, and I didn't know Metroplex was a Transformer. Yeah, it's a gigantic Autobot whose alternate mode is a city. Fucking hell! How did I not know this? I know. So, although we were a bit, a little bit disgruntled that Molly sent us an abusive email, it has led us to research and learn that Haslett is also a pork meatloaf, a city in Texas, which is a metroplex, which is a concubation with two principal cities and also a transformer. That's, that is fascinating. Every day is a school day, right? So the topic today, remind me of what it is because I'm, I've got a bit confused today. Well, the past couple of days researching this. And it's led me down a few rabbit rabbit holes. <laughs> I think I think the the original idea was old school puddings, right? Yeah, meaning kind of puddings and things that you that you ate after your dinner when you were a child, essentially. I don't think we were going back to Victorian times and and what have you, but uh, old school puddings. Old school puddings. That's yeah, kind of that's that's what I I thought, and that's what I researched. That's good. Which is a which is a topic that I'm, if I can, I would like to dedicate to my beloved but departed grandmother. Yeah. Who was born and bred in the wonderful county of Devon, and used to work in the Ambrosia factory in Lifton, Devon. And um, I think when you're retired, you you must still like get stuff because every time we used to go round to her house, um, she'd have piles of. Like you said, rice pudding, custard, other bits and pieces, which all came from this factory. And my dad always tells a funny story that she couldn't drive um, a car, or they didn't have a second car. Um, so she used to go off to uh, work on a moped, an old 1970s type kind of Honda Thomas moped, top speed of like 32 miles an hour. And go off in the morning to the Ambrosia factory on that, and then come back with a slab of custard or rice pudding strapped to the back of it. I just love the image of an old, an older woman bombing around the country lanes of Devon on a moped with sweet old school pudding strapped to the back of her bike. <laughs> that just made me laugh. So I'd like to dedicate this show to her, um, apart from all the bad language. And um, all the rest of it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to envision this now, and I'm imagining that she must have been quite a skilled moped driver because the extra weight of that would unbalance the whole situation quite a lot, wouldn't it? Yeah, and she wasn't a big woman, so you think she, she may have just pulled wheelies all the way. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So some sort of Devonshire evil can evil. 
when we were both growing up, there were a lot of these kind of convenience puddings that secretly all the kids absolutely loved. And that when they came out, it was like, oh, yeah, we got some proper sugar now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly like that, like a a can of rice pudding was just fantastic. And, And I know you know, and all my list, all our listeners now know that I do eat things straight from the can, like baked beans. Well, well, rice pudding is also one of those things that I, when I was younger, I would happily just open the can up and eat it cold. Absolutely delicious. You used to have rice pudding in the in the tin in the house as well. Yeah, because I remember your mum used to make rice pudding quite a lot when we had dinner at your house. She did, and her rice pudding was really, really nice. But like most mothers, the the thought I think of of cooking every single night, you, you have to occasionally you know have some backup plans, and so we had plenty of backup plans in the, in the house. So yeah, just just not when the guests were were around. No, when our special guests came around, everything was homemade, you know, <laughs> top notch quality. So when the guests weren't there, you were just having like. Beans on toast, probably. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Molly. <laughs> when the guests were were away, my mum just used to shove a can in a, and a can opener in our hands and say, "Go ahead." That's where you. That's where you got it from. <laughs> no, I, I remember your mum. Your mum used to make rice pudding, and it had that like you know the skin on top. Yeah, lush. Yeah, and you used to love that, didn't you? Oh yeah. You're like, can I have all the skin off the top? A spoon of jam stirred in. A spoon of jam stirred in. Yeah. Skin was delicious. My mum also used to make a fantastic apple crumble and we always used to love the crumble part. Over the years, somehow, the ratio of fruit to crumble changed so that you'd have kind of 40% fruit, 60% crumble and then instead of custard or cream, we'd have uh, evaporated milk from a can. Mm. Then I, I kind of left home, obviously, moved, you know, went out into the world, started tasting other people's crumbles and thinking, <laughs> what the fuck is this? This isn't crumble. Well, so when you didn't have guests, did your mum just take some applesauce, spoon it onto a digestive? <laughs> <laughs> just, there you go. That's what you're having tonight. Apples, apple sauce and digestives that's a crumble if she served that up on MasterChef she'd be she'd be through to the final deconstructed crumble well if Greg Wallace was uh, involved oh yeah I'd have six of those <laughs> as a as a former greengrocer I love a bit of apple sauce on biscuit <laughs> uh, then he'd pull one of his delightful faces beautiful you mentioned um, evaporated milk or did you say condensed milk? It's the same thing, isn't it? No. Evaporated milk is the runny one. It's like a long-life yeah. milk. Um, it's it's sweetened, but it's not sweet-sweet. And condensed milk is the thick, gloopy, like, sugary, syrupy one. Which which was the one that people used to pour on tinned fruit? Like in a syrup? In our house, it was evaporated milk. But anyway, you used to be able to get condensed milk or evaporated milk. And that was like the ultimate quick pudding, wasn't it? Open a can of tinned fruit, Del Monte tinned fruit, chuck it in a bowl with the syrup, and then pour some of that cream condensed milk or evaporated milk on it, and off you go. Yeah, lovely, done. Tinned tinned fruit cocktail, tinned peaches, tinned pineapple. 
Did you have a say, favourite? I much prefer tinned pineapple to fresh pineapple. I love love tinned peaches. And my mum used to, when she made her fruit salad, she'd always zhuzh it up a bit with a shot or two of Cointreau in the mix. Which is always good when you're about seven years old. <laughs> so I, mean, we, I, I distinctly remember the... Do you remember the adverts of the Del Monte? Del Monte? Well, the man from Del Monte says yes. Yeah, the man from Del Monte. He likes to say yes. The man from Del Monte says yes. Something like that. Sounds like the title of a really terrible James Bond film, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Who would sing the song, the title song for the man from Del Monte says yes? uh... I'd vote for Chaz and Dave. (laughs) He likes to say yes, 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 yes. (laughs) This is a terrible James, a terrible title for a terrible James Bond film, low rate, where they couldn't afford Sean Connery, so they just got uh, Duncan Ballantyne. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. You can. I'll I'll be I'll be the villain Del Monte, and you can be the hero, Duncan Sean Connery Ballantyne. Go. <laughs> Do you expect me to talk? Yes. Well, I would. Oh, no, I can't do that. Yes. Can you get me a martini? Yes. I wanted this martini shaken, not stirred. Yes. Is that the only thing you can say? I can say lots of other things, but I like to say yes. In all my years of being a spy, I've never known such a stupid proposal as this. Are you out? I'm out. And that's as far as I'm going to go with this terrible impersonation. Illumination. Listeners to the podcast have been asking us when we're going to get a, a guest on. I think, I think we should seriously consider getting Duncan Bannatyne on. Oh yeah, he's going to fucking love your impression of him, isn't he? Did you ever have Vionetta? Oh yeah, had lots and lots of Vionetta. It was like our favourite treat, and but we'd only get them when I think when they were on offer in the supermarket, you know, two two for one or whatever. And they'd just be sat there in the freezer. My my family, we was three of three children in the family. We ate a lot, so my mama had this massive chest freezer that you could, you know, the kind you you store bodies in on murder TV shows and stuff. And. It was like the one thing in the house that I couldn't secretly snack on because you can't eat a whole Vionetta in one sitting, and you but you can't leave half behind. So it never got touched. I thought you were going to say the chest freezer is the one thing in the in the house you couldn't snack on. I was like, fuck are you, like the Iron Man. <laughs> so hungry, you're just chewing on the white goods when your mum's not looking. No wonder she had tins of fucking rice pudding in the house trying to sate that appetite. Jesus. <laughs> What's Sam doing? Oh, he's in the chest freezer eating his way out. That's some weird shit. He's chewing on one of the dead bodies in the freezer, Mum. <laughs> Who is your mum? Rosemary West. I'm so glad she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> no, we had a, we had lots of Vionetta. I remember thinking the advertising must have been good and the presentation is obviously very good. Because I remember thinking it was expensive. But now you can buy them in Iceland for a pound. Yeah. And they can't have been... And that's that's cheaper than a Mr Whippy ice cream from an ice cream van. Yeah. 
from Dun- Duncan Bamaton. <laughs> that would be a hell of a thing, wouldn't it? Just to take a take a Vionetta and stick a lollipop stick into it. Walking around the streets with a Vionetta on a stick. That'd keep you going, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd keep most people going. It probably wouldn't touch the sides for you. But <laughs> So your business plan is to take a 99p Vionetta, stick it on a stick, and sell it for 99p. I'm out. To be fair to you, and... And unfair to Duncan. It, I mean, it's not right to call something a ninety nine and then charge one pound thirty for it, is it? No, it's not fair at all. It's not right. That's a break of the breaking the advertising rules right there and then, Duncan. The Vionetta delivered on many levels. It was creamy, but had that lovely texture of slicing through the really thin layers of chocolate. And when you ate that, that was really that was spot on, especially the mint mint one. A lot of people were inspired to be archaeologists from eating that Vionetta. Like going through the layers. Some some tougher than others. Some more valuable than others, you know, like delving deep underground into the Vionetta to find the good stuff. That bit of chocolate in the middle, that thick bit of chocolate in the middle. Very satisfying. Did you did you eat your Vionetta as if you're an archaeologist? So like separate the layers and piece by piece? Or did you just spoon it in in like kind of random chunks i used to eat my vionetta like i was an archaeologist but like one from time team so i'd um don like a big leather wide-brimmed hat and some wellingtons and just walk around the garden going we think we found a wall here and then just dig a big hole in the garden dig down find a stone and say yeah there's definitely a wall and then construct some sort of elaborate computer image of like some roman fucking chateau, chateau thing that never existed whilst eating Vionetta. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much it. We used to eat our Vionetta like a uh, Welsh coal miner. <laughs> we used to dig down until you found the rich seam of chocolate and then just go sideways and just dig all that out, propping it up with bits of wood along the way, get all that out and then uh, come out and go up in like a little lift all our faces all covered in chocolate, all black like that, and then uh, have a shower together and smoke cigarettes and sing uh, like uh, male voice choir songs together. That was our family tradition. Have you ever seen a Vionetta being made? Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. I think Greg Wallace showed me that on a TV programme once. Did he? Yeah, I think so. Does it run on a conveyor belt through a massive kind of chiller unit? And then they put each layer on it. It chills. Another yeah. layer chills. Another layer. They build it up like sediment. It's a it's a beautiful, well orchestrated process. And to think they let Greg Wallace anywhere near it is an abomination. I don't like my food to be manhandled by Greg Wallace before I eat it, <laughs> <laughs> or any other bald greengrocer. They're all bald, aren't they? That's true. And they do manhandle food. I mean, that's their job. That's literally their job. So, <laughs> sorry to any greengrocers listening. What's worse, a greengrocer who's like got a shop and sells gr- or sells fruit and veg, what Greg Wallace used to be, which is like a, a market stall person? I don't know. Do, do you think market stall owners who sell fruit and veg are um, endearing? I think it really depends on the market stall. If it's the guy who has a load of silver bowls where... Like all of the silver bowls are a pound each. You kind of know he's probably he's hidden all the rotten stuff at the bottom of the bowls, dumps those into a 
a plastic bag and hands them over. Yeah, I don't I don't trust those ones. How about the ones you've got like an immaculate um, setup of like wonderful looking fresh fruit, and then you say, "Oh, I'll have like I'll have seven of those apples," but you're not allowed to touch the apples on the display. They then like reach around underneath, right. and they they put seven in a bag, but you're not allowed to see them. How about those ones? Do you trust them? Do you trust them to give you seven beautiful, lovely, presented, shiny apples like the ones on top? What you're asking me is, if I saw Greg Wallace behind a fruit and veg stand, would I want him to give me a reach around? No. Four reach arounds for a pound. Four for a pound. Four reach arounds for a pound. That's why he's been through so many wives. We shouldn't be so harsh on Greg Wallace. Well, no. I mean, he's, he's the ultimate. He's the ultimate success story. He's a trier. <laughs> he works hard, and somehow, with limited talents, he's managed to get to the top of the easy watching food documentaries. God, you're jealous, aren't you? Yeah, I'm incredibly jealous. Exactly what I want to do. You are. Je- you want. You want to be in the Scott Jag factory, don't you? Of course I do. Everyone wants to be in the Scotch Egg Factory. You want to be in the Scotch Egg Factory. And when the man says, we put all the eggs in here and we boil them up, you want to say. So what you're saying is that that is like one enormous saucepan and it's boiling all the eggs at once. Like that. And they'll go, yes, Greg, that's exactly what we're saying. You envious, envious man. You're as green as the cabbages that Greg used to sell on his market stall. Four for a pan. Cabbage, cabbage, cabbage. Pan, pan, pan. Cabbage for a pan. <laughs> he turned into a character from EastEnders then, didn't he? But he pretty much is a character from EastEnders. <laughs> Except he's more ha- he's happier. He's happier than everyone else in EastEnders ever has been. Well, one thing you can say about Greg Wallace is he always has a smile on his face. That's true. And I would rather I'd rather buy a cabbage in Albert Square from a happy Greg Wallace than a miserable Mark Fowler and that Scottish woman that he was married to. I don't know her name because I don't watch the program. But I just remember like she's just like they were having money troubles and she was just like, Mark, it's okay. I've sold an onion. We can save the store. Uh, yeah, I remember that well. That episode. I was going to say, surely the Scottish uh, greengrocer lady should have phoned her uncle, Duncan, to come and show her, show her the ways of business. Hello, Uncle Dun- Duncan. <laughs> Could you lend me some money, please? I want to buy an onion. I have yet again, this is the second thing in a row, that I've asked Mark to buy for the podcast that he's never eaten before which is kind of astonishing uh, because this is a childhood favorite and we talked about um, convenience foods well angel delight well first of all it's easy to make from the powder you just whisk it into milk but mark's gone for the ultra convenience version so mark you've got the instant angel delight i went for um pre-made angel delight yeah it comes in a pot, a little tiny pot, and um, it doesn't live in a fridge in the supermarket. It just lives on a normal shelf, <laughs> um, and it contains 
milk, but doesn't need to be in a fridge. And it lives on the shelf. But it goes off in uh, only six months' time. So <laughs> okay. I've got an awful lot of confidence in eating this. So when, when I went to the supermarket, I was looking at the Angel Delight bit on the aisle. And they had the pre-made Angel Delight, which I've bought. And then they had the sachet Angel Delight that you've bought. Yeah. Which is, I presume, a powder. The reason I didn't buy it is because I, it said something like serve six or something on it. And I thought, I'm not sure this is going to even serve one. So I didn't really want it's six portions because I was never going to eat them. Well, that kind of makes sense now because um, I it says serve four. And... I was thinking there's no way this would serve four because I've made this before, you know, a long time ago. But I'm sure it, that's a that's a two-person serving, pretty much. And then I saw the size of the pot you've just bought, and it's quite small. And thinking about it, you know, knowing your preferences are as far as sugar is concerned, maybe the smaller the portion, the better. However, I, I'm yeah. going to reserve judgment on that, and you should too until you taste it. Now, I've asked you to buy what I think is the best flavour of Angel Delight, and that is butterscotch, because you do not want fake strawberry Angel Delight. I, I didn't think it would be to your taste. And I can't remember ever having the chocolate one, so okay. I thought we'd go for my favourite. Are, are you ready? Yeah, I am ready, yeah. I can't deny I've already eaten some before. Yeah, I noticed that. Just before we do, um, is a New England IPA a... Good beer to pair with butterscotch angel delight. I would probably say no. I would go for maybe a like a chocolate stout. How does it smell? Well, yeah, it smells of butterscotch. <laughs> it smells of toffee, man. It smells. Yeah. Oh god. Do you know what that? I think you're not even going to see that on the camera. Yeah. But what that looks like is like steamed pudding or something like that. Okay. It's kind of solid. You'll you'll probably find out it's not very solid at all in a second. No, it's like a gelatinous thing, actually. Loads of air bubble. Oh, here we go. Give it a poke. It's collapsing. <laughs> Literally just collapsing as you squeeze the air out of it. So is it supposed to be like a foam or like a cream or what? Because if you stir it, it just goes to nothing. It's a, a bad representation of like a, a mousse, a chocolate mousse. And it stinks. It absolutely stinks. <laughs> Deliciously? No. It stinks. It smells of sweet. It smells of, like, like say, toffee or butter. You're just wolfing it out. <laughs> he's like a child. He's like a child in a sweet shop. Apart from they've got rid of all the sweets and replaced it with some sort of awful, sticky, horrible, sweet-smelling mess <laughs> in a bowl. And he's just wolfing it down. He's going to be high as a fucking kite in about 10 minutes. Like, that is ridiculous. I can't even bring myself to put it in my mouth. Do it, do it, do it. Mate, to be honest, right, you fucked me over with that cream egg. <laughs> so my other half said the cream egg was going to be quite sweet, but it was ridiculous. But it didn't smell like this. Right, I'm going to eat a little bit. This is not as sweet as the cream egg. It's not, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a similar face, though. <laughs> Okay, so it's not as cloying as the cream egg. It's not stuck to the roof of my mouth and inhibiting my ability to breathe. I'll give it that. It's not a 
It's not a pudding that's trying to kill me like a cream egg. But it is incredibly sweet. And it's got... I don't know if you got this with your one made with milk. Like It's got some sort of like... Is it oil? Quite oily. Like an emulsion thing going on. Well, I think that'll do. Fair enough. I guess. I guess the difference between us is that I'm enjoying it with this wave of nostalgia kind of washing over me and you never had the chance to enjoy it when you were missed out <laughs> allegedly it's a bit like watching um, Star Wars now you know <laughs> <laughs> all you can see is some dodgy puppets some terrible acting and some really bad special effects yeah what someone who grew up watching it is is reminded of is is magic and and kind of being transported to another world. So around the country, there'll be fathers having conversations with their sons and say, "Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a bit shit, but what you got to remember is at the time, the only technology they had was mixing milk with powder in order to make a sickly sweet butterscotch pudding." You've got to put it in context, you see. And to be fair, it is enduring, isn't it? On powder, you know you're talking about powder? Yeah. Powdered form. Yeah. We did, like you said, recently we've got uh, the show that went went out and you reviewed, briefly reviewed, um, cock soup, which is the Caribbean soup which comes as a powder and you just add water. Yes. And I'm a little bit ashamed of my review now. Yeah, you you've had to... Row back a little bit, haven't you? And you're slightly, well, I say slightly, you're arrogantly just, you arrogantly dismissed the cock soup as a bang average powdered soup that you wouldn't try again. I was a bit dismissive. And I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't slam it. I was just a bit like, you know, well, well, you know, it's all right. But. But since then, we've learned that the Caribbean cock soup has multiple uses and it is not just an instant soup it's a very important or very useful ingredient isn't it in other in other dishes it gives a, a bit like actually your tin of mushroom soup kind of example you can use that as an ingredient in other things the cock soup is like a really good base seasoning base for casseroles and stews and curries and things like that yeah so it can be added to multiple other things and we we never knew this, but we learned about it from the cock soup advert that we managed to dig up on YouTube. Proved that not only is it versatile, but it's also super nice. Super nice. Super nice. Super nice. Anyway. So if anyone's wondering um, what what Cher's been doing in the last few years, is she's been doing adverts for cock soup. With that um, like robot voice that she did in one of her songs, she's lent it to the to the advertising of cock soup. It's really good. You've got to look it up. Look it up on the website, our website, and um, it's absolutely fantastic. Good on Cher. But to be, to be fair, her Caribbean kind of accent is uh, better than Sting's. <laughs> did you did you know this? You probably know this. You're a bit of a muso as well as a foodie. You're a muso and a member of the you know BFI, and you do all the highfalutin stuff. You know, um, Sting and Shaggy did that album, or Shaggy and Sting. I did not know that Sting and Shaggy did an album. No. Yeah, Sting and Shaggy Shaggy did like a, an album together. I can't remember what it's called. 
Have you not heard this? No. Oh, oh man, you've got <laughs> you've got to listen to um, this out. Al- Some of the songs on this album, Sting and Shaggy duetting together, but Sting can't help himself when he tries to like do a Caribbean singing voice. Right. Oh, there's a there's a track. It's just a load of numbers like four four dash one seven two or something is the name of the song, and it's Sting and Shaggy duetting. In comparison to Sting's Caribbean singing voice, Cher doing that cocksuit is fucking amazing. She is absolutely bang on with it in comparison. It's weird. It's just weird. It's like weird and hilarious at the same time. You have to listen to it. Okay, I will do. And the lyrics are absolutely awful. Sting's like going, I dream of swimming in the sea with my friend Shaggy. And then Shaggy comes in and like goes, hear me now. <laughs> Super nice. Anyway, so back to this Angel Delight. Yeah. There are there are five current flavors of Angel Delight on the market: strawberry, chocolate, mint chocolate, banana, and butterscotch. Did I say vanilla? Also vanilla. And um, butterscotch is by far the best. But there right. are there are some old flavors that have been discontinued. Which I think now you've t- tried the butterscotch. I think some of these actually you'll you'll probably think are better than the the current flavours. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. read out some of these to you and I want you to say whether you think that's better idea-wise or worse than butterscotch. Can we can we do it like um, play your cards right? Yeah. Like higher and lower than. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same as reading them out apart from you just have to say higher and lower than which is quite, I find quite entertaining. If you <laughs> can do it like Bruce Forsyth I'll be really impressed. Higher and lower than that's all you gotta do. There you go. That's it. You nailed it. You nailed it. Coffee. Higher or lower? Higher, or lower than butterscotch. Lower. Lower. Coffee's a great idea. Uh, tea. Higher or lower? Tea is tea higher or lower than coffee? Uh, tea lower. Bitter. It's too bitter. Okay, here's one for you. I think this one will. This one floated my boat, anyway. Coffee walnuts, higher or lower? Uh, higher. Higher, yes. Walnut whip, isn't it? Uh, black cherry. Uh, higher. Higher, black cherry. You're going for the fruit ones. Tangerine. Oh, lower, lower. (laughs) That's like like the orange sweet left in the quality streets or whatever, isn't it? (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. They're they're on the same level as like quality streets. Coffee would be left behind and orange as well. Yeah, lower. Popcorn. Oh god, that would <laughs> that would be awful. You can't distill flavors like that properly. Whoever made a fake popcorn flavored item that actually tasted like popcorn? Nobody. <laughs> Sorry, the um that angels delights repeating on me now as well. So my voice sounds a bit funny. Funnier than usual. You fucking. Audio bullies. Yes. Yeah, lower. Anything like that's going to be lower for me. Yeah, go. And finally, blueberry. A blueberry? A blueberry. A blueberry. A blueberry. They make um, umbrellas and stuff, don't they? They're like a pattern. A blueberry. And handbag. Um, higher. Higher. Can you imagine the colour of that? It'd be like a, a kind of buff brown, 
going one way and then a black down and it would leave white <laughs> checkers, wouldn't it? Super nice! Anyway, in a way, did you ever have a chocolate blancmange rabbit which would been put on a large plate and surrounding the plate a kind of a lawn of green jelly grass? Do you ever have that growing up? No, I wasn't raised in an acid nightmare though. When... <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't eating at the fear and loathing in Las Vegas cafe when I was a child. What the fuck? Blamange rabbit. Oh, different meaning to animal nice. On place. a plate. <laughs> a blamange rabbit on a plate with a lawn of what? Grass made from green jelly. A lawn of grass made from green... How do you make... How do you make grass out of jelly? You make jelly, green jelly, lime it's... jelly, and you mash it up with a fork, and then you spread that out over your, oh. your platter to gen- to create the illusion of gr- grass. It's not the physical representation of grass, is it? Which is, like, spiky and stand-up-ish. No, it's like if grass w- was actually jelly, yeah. And then you upend a mould yeah. with quite a firm chocolate blancmange, a rabbit-shaped mould, and then you reveal your chocolate rabbit. Like a rabbit that's had its skeleton removed. It's been stitched up and plopped on a plate, so it's all wobbly, surrounded by something which is allegedly supposed to be grass, but looks like someone's just emptied a bit of swamp onto a plate. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. I didn't have that as a child. And I don't think you should have had it either. Hang on. What I'll do is I will uh, share my screen briefly. And and whilst I'm sharing the screen, I'll go for a quick... Super nice! Jesus, you think you fucking know some people. And then out of nowhere, they start pulling out blancmange rabbits with alleged grass. Surrounded by whole strawberries for some bizarre, like a horrible looking metal tray. I think all that angel light delights got to his fucking head. So, did it live up to your expectations of uh, some kind of hideous nightmare? It is a hideous nightmare. It looks like that poor rabbit is drowning in a swamp. Oh, that's weird. Looks like the thing's accidentally crawled into a um, a pond and it can't get out. What are the strawberries about? That's some sort of like guilty. Oh, instead of real food, I've accidentally given my children wobbly rabbits and turgid, horrible swamp jelly. So I better chuck some strawberries on there to try and get the vitamin count up or something. Not not to be disrespectful to your mother. I mean, I'm glad when I came round, she pulled out all the stops and made a, a rice pudding with a skin on top because that looks fucking weird. <laughs> and how do you know it's a rabbit and not a hare? It's small and cute. As opposed to... Well, large and vicious. I always, I always knew you were disturbed by Watership Down and I never really understood it. I mean, it's a fucking weird cartoon, like, but I've never really understood it. And then I realised that if you'd been eating kind of LSD-laced fucking rabbits all afternoon and then someone sits you down in front of that, you're going to spin out. The fact that you're still able to converse 
in a fairly normal way, I, su- I salute you. Imagine your house being a little bit like Woodstock. A weird, a weird collage of of cheap desserts and sixties rock music and LSD experimentation. <laughs> no wonder you ended up eating the white goods. <laughs> just, <laughs> just off your tits. <laughs> chase the, chase the rabbit. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I thought every kid went through this. <laughs> well, like you said, if people want to email in or tweet or whatever and say, yes, I ate a chocolate blancmange rabbit on a field of green jelly that looks like swamp surrounded by random strawberries, they're more than welcome, but I don't think the numbers will be large. I think what you've got to remember is that we we were children of the 80s, so we were... We had the decline of communism, decline of socialism, the rise of Reaganomics and Thatcherism, rampant market forces, which meant that if you were lucky, you could drink a drink that was 100% sugar. You could eat a pudding, which was 100% sugar. And if you were really lucky and blessed, you could go to school and eat a BSE-infected burger, thanks to the Tories. Those were the, the halcyon great days you know, that we grew up in, and we were blessed with those. Since then, the moddy coddling, woke, bureaucratic, state-imposed, fascist, red flag <laughs> nutcases have all moved in, haven't they? And said, you know what? Your children aren't allowed to drink pure sugar anymore, and they're not allowed to eat infected <laughs> beef just because it's cheap. Health and it's all gone mad. It's mad. We were we all our treats and puddings. <laughs> We're all about the relentless pursuit of sugar, as Adam Smith would have would have liked to have seen. Well, I'm I'm sad you didn't enjoy the um, the delights of the angels. And would you believe? I mean, this isn't just a pudding from our childhood. This is this has been around since 1967, and they're still selling it today. Is, are there that many people doing stupid podcasts about crap food? <laughs> <laughs> In order to keep the Angel Delight business going. I think that's just how enduring the flavour is. Well, not really. They've got through about 27 different flavours that all got discontinued. I would I would really happily go back and try a lot of those flavours. They sound really interesting. Here's a little thing for me. From that list of um, discontinued flavours, which one hasn't been a flavoured tobacco that teenagers <laughs> decided to buy from a pipe shop in order to smoke in rollies when they should actually be smoked in pipes. <laughs> I don't think many people actually did that. I think that was just us. Well, you've got your... I'm sure there isn't coffee and tea-flavoured tobacco, but you definitely have cherry, cherry, black cherry, for sure. Yeah. Peach, I would imagine, is one. Um, Hang on. I've never really linked this up before, but... F- Flavoured tobacco is is to pipe tobacco what vapes are to smoking nowadays, aren't they? It's like... Yeah, I was just thinking that. Every single one of those flavours is now a vape, isn't it? Do you tell you what I really love about vaping and vapes and people who vape? Go on. Is that um, in during a global pandemic where inhaled air causes potentially life-threatening illnesses, 
It's when you're walking down the street or through the park or something like that and you get a good lungful of strawberry-flavoured vape or to black cherry-flavoured vape or butterscotch-flavoured vape. And it's just a really nice reminder that something that's been inside someone else's lungs is now inside of yours. <laughs> Which is just the kind of reassurance you need during a global pandemic. Every time you're walking down the street and some an enormous cloud and nimbo stratas of fucking strawberry flavoured guff <laughs> wafts in front of your face and goes up your nose and into your lungs. You can just rest easy knowing that's been in the lungs of someone else and potentially you've caught the illness off them. Brilliant. Do you know what? I'd rather someone smoking a pipe just blew smoke in my face rather than having to smell butterscotch-flavoured clouds. <laughs> I've pulled up at traffic lights before and thought a car behind me was on fire. There was so much smoke. What I thought was smoke coming out of the car. I was like, I need to get a fire extinguisher and help this poor bastard. I just vape it. Just having a vape. Just having a vape. And I normally end, we normally end the show with a positive feeling that is super nice. Um, but uh, I feel we're ending the show show on a negative, a slight negative. So can I invite you to? We can edit this out, but can I invite you to listen to a bit of the Shaggy and um, Sting? Yeah. Song, <laughs> and we'll try and capture your reaction. So I play it on the podcast. I play it. I have to stop. Gosh, the track itself, like with Shaggy and that, is is really good. I I don't know what four four eight seven six refers to, but yeah. So uh, Sting. I mean, it's not putting on a, a Jamaican accent necessarily, but. The lyric "swimming in the sea with my friend Shaggy" is is a little bit contrived, I would say. He's not putting. You don't think he's putting on an accent? Is it the overall Caribbean vibe is just affecting him? I can't really hear it. From this time. Okay, yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit cod Caribbean. <laughs> 